It's time now for another Pinball Profile. I'm your host, Jeff Teolis. You can find us on Facebook. We're also on Twitter, at Pinball Profile. Same with Instagram, at Pinball Profile. And we've even got a website. That's where you should be getting your RSS feeds and all your feeds, because whatever you've been doing, it's all going to come to an end at the end of April. So go to pinballprofile.com, get your new feed, and find out past episodes that Podcast Garden somehow may disappear. How dare they? All the new ones are up there. All the old ones will be up there. So have a look again, pinballprofile.com. Joining me on the program, it looks on paper like he's my nemesis. He's far from that. He's a good friend, but he is the person I have played pinball against more than anybody else in the world. We're in a lot of leagues together. We live close by and he joins us right now. You know him as Gamma Goat in Harawarawar. Is that how you say your last name? Harawarawar? Uh, pretty close. Pretty close. You almost got that. It's, it's an English word. Harrow. Harrow. Like harrowing experience or to harrow, you know, uh, harrow the soil. So harrower, one who harrows the soil. I love how everyone boots your name. It's one of my favorite things ever. Teolus isn't exactly easy either, but I guess I've said it enough that people kind of recognize it. But whenever I see somebody boot harrower, it makes me crack up. <laughs> how do you roll with it? You know, it. I'm used to it. It's been my entire life. People have always struggled with it. I don't really understand why. Although it's it's kind of funny because when I think about like how should it be pronounced and you know if I listen on the internet to people of Scottish origin saying my name, they would pronounce it differently than I do. So I don't know. You'd have to have asked my grandparents uh, how they pronounce it. That's probably more accurate than how I pronounce it. It's easy, everybody. Let's say it with me. Harrower. Got it? Harrower. Ian Harrower. There we go. Ian Harrower. There you go. <laughs> We've been watching you a little bit lately on stream. I mentioned Gamma Goat on Twitch, and recently you just streamed the new P3 game, Heist. Got a lot of talk about it. I heard it on the Pinball Network. They were talking about you. You've been an early supporter of the P3 system and Multimorphic and Jerry, and I know every time I go to your house, it's my go-to game. I love playing Lexi Lightspeed. I'm looking forward to playing Heist. Your initial thoughts of the new game? Uh, I am really impressed with Heist. It's by far their best game um, for me as a pinball player. It's far superior to Lexi, the way it shoots. It's got interesting shots. The rules seem, they seem well thought out. Things are, there's a lot to do. The progression's really interesting. I have my game set up very hard. So despite the fact that the play field, the geometry seems a little easy, but um, with the lower play field having all the posts removed, uh, the game seems challenging enough. I haven't been able to make it through too deep into the game, so I haven't really started any of the heists. But I have been able to sort of complete parts of the modes, sort of each of the each of the people I've been able to get through it. So it's a lot of fun, and I'm really looking forward to what that module can do. And hopefully this will get more people excited and into P3. I don't get it. I don't understand why people aren't excited by it. I know it's different, but it is still pinball. It's much better than the pinball arcade or Zen or those type of virtual pinballs. Not that there's anything wrong with those, but this mechanically is really pinball. It's funny you should say that I want more people to get into this and hopefully it will. I don't understand why people aren't into P3. Yeah, I think when you look at the collection of games that they put out, they've really only up to this point had the one traditional game, which is Lexi. And Lexi is an interesting game. It's it's a lot of fun. When you first flip it, there is a very different feel to the machine. Like the flippers have a different feel than a Bally Williams does, than a Stern does, although all of those play differently and classics play very differently. But with the flex of the polycarbonate around the inlays, you can do really 
interesting things. Like if you can do what's called a P3 pass or what people call a P3 pass where you can actually flip early and the ball will just fly across from one side to the other, passing it over. And it's a skill you can't do on any other machine. But just little differences like that make people kind of apprehensive when they first flip it. That's a good point. So that's something that's learned. And I've seen you do it. You've taught it to me on Lexi. It's still pinball. And you mentioned that there are differences between Valley, Williams, Stern, Daddy East, all the different games. You tell me there isn't a difference when you have lightning flippers or zipper flippers or scissor flippers. I mean, this is just a new skill set to learn. And there's so much to do on it, especially now with Heist. Yeah, and Heist really, like that crane... What the big advantage it gives over the other games that they have is that it really brings things down the play field. So that crane's able to give you an interactive toy that's coming way down close to your flippers. You can hit it, you can grab the ball, you can knock a ball off of it like mist. And so they've really extended where the game plays. And then there's the addition of the third flipper. So now that's actually ended up being a really interesting shot in the gameplay module because like I thought, oh, you can use this to hit the loop. There's not much to it, but it's actually remarkable that you can actually like hit the left ramp with that. You can shoot into all of the scoops. Uh, the kind of creative things that they've done with these little hurry-up modes, which they call side jobs, are just really cool. They use one of the walls, the ball, and then there's one mode that's like just like uh, blue suede shoes on Elvis. You know how it holds the ball in the magnet, but it uses uh, the wall to hold the ball, drops it, and then you hit the loop and it catches it again, just like on Elvis. It's really cool. Third flipper, and I know everybody's talking about the crane. Some bugs to work out, as all new games have a few bugs here and there, but that crane is really spectacular. Yeah, it's really interesting to see how like it is able to extend a great distance. It's got up-down movement. It's got left-right movement. It can hold a ball. It's just really neat. Well, thank you for streaming it. Again, it was very early in the heist launch so to speak but i mean i think i think you were the first non-p3 stakeholder if you will to stream it so that was pretty exciting yeah um so nick baldridge got a er very early game um and he streamed on his youtube channel which you can see it uh just under his name nicholas baldridge Uh, he's been developing his quest for glory game and he streamed uh sort of the debut stream of the game when it first came out. And then Jerry streamed it on Deadflip a couple weeks ago, just sort of hosted on Jack's channel. But Jerry did the stream locally from his house. But hopefully we'll see more of these and more people start streaming them. I plan to get back on and streaming it more. And I hope people will come out, ask questions, and I'll show it off to the best of my ability. You've been streaming for a little while now on Gamma Goat. What got you into that? And I'm sure you're enjoying it. And what do you look forward to as you continue streaming? So I think really what got me into it was watching tournament streams. You know, I do really enjoy the competitive aspect of pinball. I got great opportunity to spend some time in the broadcasting booth at various tournaments. But I remember one uh, at the Buffalo Pinball Summer Open, um, I think the first year that it went on, Kevin Manny decided to set up the stream for the Classics Final. And he just like pulled out his laptop, pulled out some cameras, Ten minutes later, there was a stream up and running of the finals with two commentators in the booth. And I was like, wow, it's incredible, like, just how quickly he was able to do that. And I watched, like, the production of things like what Carl's done at Never Drains in Southern California. And I was just like, this is really cool. I want to try it. I want to see what it's like. And I hadn't really spent a lot of time watching people stream. I'd watched a lot of tournaments. But it was kind of fun because it caused me to play my games a lot more than I normally do. And the first few times it was really like, 
I want to be streaming because if I do something really amazing, I want it captured. I want a record of it. And I never had that before. And so I found that a lot of fun. What's your most favorite thing that you've streamed that you captured? I think that like wizard modes are kind of like the big accomplishment in that. Defeating the beast the first time I did that on uh, Iron Maiden was a lot of fun. Uh, making it to end of the line on Metallica was a big accomplishment, although I didn't manage to do it on the old code, only on the new code. But that was still cool. But then there's also just a lot of like really pinball is a physical game and weird things happen. So like I remember I was playing one game and I was in a multi ball and two balls collided and one of them flew up and landed right on the habit trail and came down the ramp. And I'm like, that's weird. And when you get like I've done the air ball into the cannon, like the physical ball lock on Iron Maiden. So it bypassed the shot and just airballed in there. And that was really weird. So capturing stuff like that on stream is fun. As everyone's at home right now, we're seeing more and more streamers and we're seeing some amazing things happen. We're seeing Carl pull out his hair, try to complete open season on Big Buck Hunter. I watched Robert Gagno on Guardians do that incredible stack where he had that three billion shot. Yeah, when I just looked like just before you called me, I was looking, there's like 20 people streaming. There's been really an explosion as everyone's spending time at home right now. We talked about it on final round on the last episode, last couple of episodes. We had Phil Grimaldi and, of course, Martin Robbins is an expert with Melbourne Silverball. But talking about how easy it is to start streaming, whether you want to get into it deep or just have the basics. And you've evolved in streaming more and more since you first began, correct? Yeah, when I first started out, I just grabbed one uh, Logitech C920 camera. You know, I just set up the one camera that could capture play field and display and I got myself a laptop and I just started trying it out. And that was fun. You can get video recording. You can get streaming like that. And then I added a C922 so that I could, um, you know, get a better quality shot of the playfield, get it at 60 frames a second. Then I added a Sony Handycam to give a better playfield image, give a shot of myself and be able to do score cams. And then I slowly just started experimenting and trying more and more um, just because it's kind of fun to explore and to play with. Ian, as a man in his 40s, a lot of us in that age bracket or maybe a little bit older were playing pinball when we were kids. That wasn't the case with you. So this is kind of pretty new. Yeah, I really didn't get into this until I graduated. You know, I got my master's and I started in the workforce through my university years, I was very much into juggling. This was That was my hobby. I went actually very similar to what I did with pinball. I would travel around to juggling conventions, go to shows. I ran our juggling club at work. That was really my thing that I was dedicated to. I'd never really touched a pinball machine. You know, maybe as a kid, I flipped a few times, but it never really caught me. It was never really interesting. It wasn't until uh, we got a pinball machine at work and we got a Stern Spider-Man and I thought, hey, I'll give this a try. And there was someone at work who was pretty experienced with pinball, um, experienced, you know, I saw like, wow, you can do things like death saves. No, maybe that's not a great thing. But I'm like, wow, there's a lot you can do to manipulate this. And one of the things that I found really interesting in it was I kind of laxed a bit on my juggling. But when I started playing pinball, it gave me that same reward, that same feeling that I got. You know, there's a lot of shared skill with soft focus with the ability to keep multiple things going on and pay attention to all of them. And it was like, this feels like juggling, but there's also like bells and whistles and points and you can compete. And that really caught me. So I played Spider-Man for probably every day for like a year and got really good at that one machine. And then 
from there, I decided, you know, this is something I want to do. Bought a machine, joined leagues, and, well, the rest is uh, history, as they say. That's so interesting. Spider-Man was the one that really got me back into pinball. I did play as a kid, but there were 15 years where I didn't do anything. Went, took the kids to Orlando, went to Disney, wherever we were staying. They had two pinball machines, ACDC and Spider-Man. And I was just in awe, like, wow, pinball's really come a long way since I played as a kid. But when you talk about your juggling background, a game like Spider-Man, even ACDC, where there are a lot of multi-balls, you do need to juggle on the pinball playfield a little bit. And I can see that's why you're so good at it. And I, I think I was at Buffalo Pinball Summer Open, and I remember seeing somebody else juggle. I believe it was Howard Dobson. Yeah, Howard is always wearing his uh, International Juggling Association shirts when he's at the pinball tournament. So yeah, he's he's a juggler as well. Interesting. You know, I relate my baseball background and maybe even drumming too to the hand-eye that comes into pinball, but it makes sense that you talk about juggling. That's interesting. When you went into it full-time, as you say, leagues and everything, you and I basically did it at the exact same time, kind of 2014-ish. Yeah, so my very first tournament, I had been kind of looking for a league. There was a local league, the Tri-Cities Pinball League, which I'd found some references to online, but I really couldn't figure out how to contact them. And then I saw a pinball tournament going on at the Total Man Show. <laughs> and in Kitchener-Waterloo, this was a show they had like kickboxing, beer, and there was a pinball tournament. And I went there, and it was a two two single-day events kind of a pump and dump thing organized by the Tri-City Pinball League. And I was nearly in the money, but this kind of oldish redheaded guy on his last game of Indiana Jones put up the top score and just bumped me out of the money. I framed that check, by the way. I just want you to know if you ever want to have a look at what you could have had. Yeah, that was funny. I remember they had Back to the Future, that game. I think there was a No Good go not No Good Gophers, the other one. Teed Off. Teed Off. And there was one other game, I can't remember, but it was kind of an, okay, that kind of got me into the tournament. So I was like, okay, this is interesting. But it was after that, you did get into the Tri-City Pinball League, where you and I are both not only in the league now, we actually are part of the executive that run the league, and it's a, it's a fun league. So many great players, but... Uh, Leagues are, I think, really important to get that kind of passion for pinball. Yeah, Tri-Cities Pinball League, my first experience there, we went to a collector in uh, Brampton. And that first league night, you know, I think we played Stargazer. We played some older Gottlieb. I think we played Baywatch, Judge Dredd. And I was just like, you know, I put up the top game on Stargazer. I'm like, hey, this Stargazer game is pretty cool. Not knowing that it's one of the rarest, most sought after pinball machines that people have. And coming out of that league night, I was like, you know, you got to remember, I just spent uh, like a year and a half playing Stern Spider-Man and nothing else. And at this point, I'd bought my Wizard of Oz. But then I'm like, huh, there's these older classics games as well. And they feel very different. I need to go buy a Gottlieb. And then like a week later, I went and bought uh, the first Gottlieb I found, which was a System 1 Close Encounters of the Third Kind, just so I could get the feel for those flippers. And, you know, collection starts to grow and grow from there. You have a great collection now with a good mix of old and new and, and different companies, too. I know you're a big supporter of a lot of the different companies, so I like seeing that. That TCPL league you help run. You're also part of the London, Ontario Pinball League, but there are a couple of other ones, too, that you run single-handedly. 
pin-up arcade bar, which we've talked about here on this program in Waterloo, Ontario, at Che Kernu's place. You run that league, and you also run one called City Pinball in Guelph at another one of Che's locations. Again, certainly more casual, but one of my favorite things you do at those leagues, you certainly follow IFPA rules, but you make one exception, as you are allowed to do, in leagues. You allow coaching, and I like that because I think it really benefits the newer players, gets them more excited, and, oh, I can do that? That helps my score? I think that's a really good thing you've done. Yeah, we, for a long time, I sort of said, ah, no coaching. When I looked at it, you know, people like you and I in those leagues, we don't need anyone to coach. We don't need someone to tell us what to do. I don't need someone explaining to me while I'm at the game what the rules are. Speak for yourself. I'll take it. (laughs) But my, uh, you know, you'd watch newer players who don't even know they have multi-ball lit. They don't even know that they have an opportunity to do something great. And a lot of them, they're used to hanging out with their friends and having their friends tell them what to do. And I didn't really feel like it mattered at the end of the day. You know, it's not going to make a big difference. People still have to execute. So I enjoyed actually opening it up and allowing for coaching in that league. And I'd recommend everyone who runs bar leagues consider uh, considering modifying that rule for their own location. Because at the end of the day, it's probably not going to compromise the integrity of who wins. It's going to come down to flipper skills. You know, it's not like you have a sharp standing beside you explaining the rules to you at a high-end event people are concerned about. You know, and I'll help anyone who's even my opponent in these games because if they can execute better than me, then they deserve to win. I think whenever I play you in any league, it's always flip a coin. Never know who's going to win. I think we're very equal in so many different ways. Uh, we have a lot of similarities and a lot of polar opposite opinions. It doesn't matter. We're still friends, but I think of the similarities. We both like to play in a lot of tournaments, we both like to travel. We both have the same concerns about lighting. And (laughs) I'm going to post this great picture of us wearing these shades because when things get dark, it's impossible for me to play or conversely with crazy LED lighting. And you and I have worn special glasses to prevent those kind of LED lights. Yeah, it's been a struggle for me. I don't know when it started. It's obviously something to, it comes with age. I'm just having a lot harder time picking things up in the dark. I play at home with a lot of lights. And now that I stream all the time, I have external lights like lighting up my play field entirely. So I'm very used to that experience. And a lot of the tournaments, a lot of people's homes, it's just really, really tough. And I think that there's something for uh, the advantages of youth in this hobby. But I'm all for trying to level things out and, you know, make sure that people can see. You know, even on my Iron Maiden, I switched out the red GI that they use when you go into Fear of the Dark and other modes to just some uh, warm whites. Because dropping to the red, I just couldn't see anymore. We're the same that way, but... You know, as I mentioned, we have a few differences too. It's so funny when we talk about the games that we like, and I'm not going to get into any specific games because I certainly want to promote pinball, but we have some big differences, and I can't figure out when I say I like or dislike a game whether you will like it or not, but if I have to bet, it's always the opposite. Yeah, I think that there's a, there's a lot of... I, I have very different opinions than many people. I am definitely a stern, biased player because I started playing with modern Sterns, with Spider-Man, I don't have nostalgia for the 90s games. I don't look at Bally Williams as the pinnacle of what pinball can be. I look at it as, wow, these flippers aren't as snappy. 
I don't really like the way this works. And the rules all seem really shallow. And so I have a very different perspective on games from that. But even on modern games, we have a lot of different opinions and feel about what games are great and what games are tolerable. But, you know, I think that's what makes pinball fun. Everyone has a different opinion. I'll say this. As we mentioned, Carl and Big Buck Hunter, I think one of the biggest reasons I stopped playing at one of the leagues is because I had to play Big Buck Hunter every other week. I was like, I'm done. I, I can't do it anymore. And I see Carl again going nuts trying to get open season. And it's not that I can't play well on it. I mean, we're talking match play or best score. I can put up good scores. I just don't have fun playing that game. I love Big Buck Hunter. There you I go. think that what's holding Big Buck Hunter back is actually just its code. It's got some. Issues with the mechanics, which you can fix, and you can make the game much more bulletproof. So getting the elk to work consistently, getting the buck to work consistently, getting the bird to not drain down the middle. But once you've taken care of those things, I actually think it's a great layout. Where the game struggles, and this is what Carl's running into, is open season is possibly the hardest wizard mode to get to in all of pinball and yes wow. i'm including things like valinor and uh super duper awesome simpsons whatever mode you know i think that just the sheer number of things you have to do in buck and how boring they are to get some of those later ones that's got to be the hardest wizard mode world poker tour has a pretty tough one too oh yeah Kiefer's done a lot of really interesting deep modes but again i think that you know you look at something like simpsons there's a lot you have to do to get there, but some of the really, really tedious things are left off. Like, I don't think you need Pretzel to get there. So, Buck, you need to get through all of those bonus rounds and all of those birds, and that's just really hard. A lot of survival and a lot of hoping that the Buck works, and Carl has uh, found some interesting things. I know you're a big lover of the monsters. I love the way the game shoots. I actually don't mind playing the game. I just, eh, it's, it, it's not for me. Uh, Ghostbusters, which you own. I curse every single time I have to play that game. But uh, what am I missing? About Ghostbusters. About both of them. So Monsters is an interesting game for me because I don't love playing Monsters, like just for fun, but I love it in competition. It's a game I will pick first opportunity in our league finals and that just because I feel so comfortable in ge geometry. There's some real nuances to the rules on monsters. Well, there's one nuance to the rule, which is how you stack spot and grandpa, which a lot of people don't know about, but that gives you a huge advantage if you can execute on that. And it basically will guarantee that you'll get to monster madness. So I like that game for some of the subtlety and some of the decision making about like how to use the jackpots, how to use your multipliers. And so I think it's a good competition game, even though I don't really enjoy just stepping up and playing it. Ghostbusters, on the other hand, is just hard and fun, and it's a theme immersion that just gets me. Like, I, I love it, and so I really enjoy the game. I bought it, you know, day one, and I still enjoy playing it today. It's a hugely popular game, especially on location, to a great theme, beautiful to look at. I just get frustrated by it, but the code certainly has gotten a lot better. That I appreciate. Yeah, I like that, you know, Stern has allowed their coders to revisit things. I think that making the code a little easier on Ghostbusters has kind of balanced out the difficulty of the geometry with the gameplay to make it a little more possible to get deep into the moat, to get the game now. So, you know, that's another game that I have now mostly, I'll say, mostly made it to the wizard mode on. I was actually like, I cheated. I didn't quite get through uh, We're Ready to Believe You, but... I've done it using the uh, menu option now. 
The other big difference, too, is that I would say you are more brave than I am. And what we're talking about is you will take a cause, an opinion, and put it out there in the forefront. Whereas I know that if I offer an opinion on something, you're going to have people on both sides. Call me a chicken. Sure, whatever you want. Doesn't mean I don't have an opinion. It just means I'm not as public or as vocal about that. You once told me, I thought this was a great line. (laughs) You studied pinball drama at the School of Juilliard. You've taken some heat in the past and you stand by your convictions and your opinions and offer you know, a good point of view. Has that been difficult for you? We see Bo and Karen's take up causes and I know he's taken some heat for it, but he's quite proud that he has a voice that can be heard uh, for those that maybe can't be heard. And you're similar in that way. Yeah, it's very much something that, you know, from various experiences I've had in my life, you know, various trainings I've had, my experiences, you know, talking to my wife and that, I am very privileged. You know, I am a white male, I'm quite well off. It's very easy for me to get by in life. When I look at the struggles that some people go through, I know that it's good for me to be able to use my privilege to help amplify their voices. I'm not trying to really pass judgment or any of that on the things that I try to get involved with. I just like to point out things that other people are thinking already themselves are feeling and i want to acknowledge those thoughts and i want to acknowledge those feelings if you look at the threads i've most been involved in there's often people within the community who are thanking for raising attention for what's going on and there's a lot of toxic negativity in that but that's part of what being able to use your own privileges i'd rather people are attacking me and giving voice to people who are possibly uncomfortable sharing that than for them to have to speak out. I think what's important is never are we judging people. We're judging things that were said, but not the intentions of why people said that. It's really just acknowledging that people have feelings. People respond to words. Words are powerful, and we should be careful about what we say. You know, I think one of the reasons I look forward to playing with you and talking with you and traveling with you and all these type of things is because I learn a lot from you, Ian. I think you're one of the smartest people I know when it comes to pinball uh, and life in general, for that matter. And you've taught me a lot of different things, too. A lot of ways that I've gone about maybe saying things or offering opinions. You know, my big default is I'm always trying to make somebody laugh. But you got to really stop and think, okay, what's the other side of that laugh? And you've pulled me back a little bit, and I appreciate that. And even on this program, too, we're now coming into our... It'll be four years in November for Pinball Profile. You were there at the very beginning. And if you ever hear me ever talk about we at Pinball Profile or anything like that, I don't think of it as just me. I think of it as the person I'm talking to on the other end. And I think of people like you that really gave me some good guidance. And I would ask you suggestions about some guests and what are some topics that would be of interest to you that maybe I'm not thinking about. So you've always been a great friend in that way for me. And I appreciate that. But I'm wondering, what is your most proud pinball moment? It can be anything. I really like personal accomplishment coming second at Classics at the New York City Pinball Championships to Bowen probably is my sort of crowning moment right now. I would have liked to be able to put up a better fight there, but that's a really big accomplishment. That was, you know, it's a coming second to Bowen is it's not a win, but it's as close as I can get. Um, That's pretty good feeling. 
That was a big one too. And if I recall, there was the music in the background. I don't remember if the storm was singing Sean Grant or the knobs, but uh, it was a different atmosphere that we're used to. And I found it fun. It's not for everyone, but you kind of knew what you were getting into when you went to the NYC PC. And I thought, yeah, you did very, very well there. Coming in second to Bowen. Yeah, that's like a first. Yeah, I think that, you know, there's been other things and it's not all just play, you know, like really everyone talks about it, but I know way more people now through pinball. I've made lots of friends. Uh, There are people I enjoy talking to. There are people I have no idea who they are because they come into my chat room on my stream and there's some like obscure handle, which is either unpronounceable or some sort of a joke. And I don't even know who the people are on the other side. You know, at Pimberg, I had someone come up to me who I had never met and they were like, hey, I watch your stream. And that was a really cool feeling. Nice. Well, Ian, I, I look forward to seeing you and all of our pinball friends, and we can catch you on Gamma Goat on Twitch, and uh, hopefully we get through all this. Uh, you know, you talked about NYCPC and your great finish there last year. As this was unfolding, as we're seeing throughout the world, you were the first person I knew that said, this is bigger than maybe we're thinking you had canceled out NYCPC probably two weeks before and, you know, talking about the pressure that it puts on the healthcare staff and, you know, we have to flatten the curve. I mean, you knew this weeks before everyone else. And I thought, well, maybe that's a little chicken little, how right you were and how we have all followed suit. So can you look in your crystal ball and tell us what's next? Are we going to get out of this thing? Well, we will get through this. Uh, you know, I can't take much, I can't take a lot of credit for, uh, my forecasting of what's going to come. You know, this is all coming to me from very, very brilliant operational people at my work who were looking at this much more than I was. You know, I looked at my personal life and followed my work guidance and they were right, not me, unfortunately. But I think that the, bad thing with this situation is that everywhere was probably a couple of weeks late in responding and we could have made things a lot better but it looks like at least in canada the social distancing is looks like it's helping uh, bc is having very promising results right now hospital capacities are at a good place so there's good things coming out of this the number of people streaming cool things like deadflip did that 20 person maiden stream last week there's a lot of cool stuff going on people are trying new things we've got companies like measles mods making face shields so good things will come out of this we will get through this we'll get back to pinball you said it ian harrow if he says it it's got to be true ian good to talk to you again buddy hope to see you soon yeah same to you jeff This has been your Pinball Profile. You can find our group on Facebook, but go to pinballprofile.com. Get all your downloads, all the old shows. Everything is right there. You can follow us on Twitter and Instagram at pinballprofile. Emails, pinballprofile at gmail.com. I'm Jeff Teolis. (laughs) 